It's a wonderful time. So that's on Tuesday nights. It starts at 6.30. p.m. on Tuesday nights. Then on, starting in March. That's only like what? Not this Wednesday, the next Wednesday. The next is like two, three weeks from now. All right. We have our uh, Wednesday night empowerment classes. They're going to be amazing. I don't want you to miss the first one. It's going to be Kevin. He is going to be talking about, I cannot wait. Kevin is amazing. And uh, he is going to be um, talking about, Kevin, why don't you come do a little quick commercial for your free class? Kevin, did he do an awesome job this morning or what? Can you just give it up for our praise team and let them know that we appreciate it? So if you join the praise team, praise God. So yeah, uh, the sixth of March we're doing uh, we're doing our first class, and it's going to be kind of an introduction to the whole series of the common classes uh, a little bit, but mainly we're going to be focusing on goal setting and uh, vision boards, dream boards, vision boards. Yeah. I've heard them called different things. So Uh, if if y'all want to make them, y'all can bring the stuff for them. Y'all bring the stuff for them. Yeah. I, I, I do mine on my computer. Well, he's a techie. No surprise there, but but yeah, yes. She had one in her apartment that had all this stuff on it, and man, almost everything you find everything on there's come to pass, hasn't it? It works. It really works. So if you want to find out why it works, you come to the class. <laughs> That is on Monday, I mean Wednesday, March 6th. At what time? 7 p.m. 7 p.m., right? 7 p.m.? All right, 7 p.m. on Wednesday, March 6th. Okay, all right. Um, is there something else? Prayer call every morning. Um, if you haven't uh, dialed in, you, on the back is the instructions there. On your note sheet, it tells you to text uh, XLRA to 97000 to receive the daily text. You can join us on the prayer call every morning. It's a good way to start. It's a great way to start your day. Amen. In the presence of God, I always have a little word for you. And then we pray. We pray over our country. We pray over the lost. Those are the things. You know, the lost, that's the main thing on God's mind. It's the main thing he's thinking about. Yeah. The reason he hasn't come and taken us all out of here, right? Yeah. Because he wants more people to be saved. He wants the family to be bigger. And so uh, we pray for the lost, and our prayers do, do so much. They, we win the air war, so it makes the ground war easier. Amen. Praise God. That's a good word right there. Amen. All right. Well, y'all ready for the word this morning? Let's get moving. Amen. I'll let you know she did. Let's make a faith declaration. Say it like you mean it. Declare this. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I can never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people high. I'm going to say it's about first things, baby. It's about first things. First things. You know, first things. I'm about to give it some help. You got to put things.
things in order. We have to put things in order in our lives. Amen? First things have to be first. And first priorities have to be first priorities. And things things have to be in order. How many of you know God is a God of order? It isn't mankind here until it was ready for him. All right, Amen? Right. He prepared everything. He prepared the light. He prepared the earth. All the fruit was growing. We're ready for it. I didn't have to wait around for fruit to grow. Fruit was already growing when he got God already prepared everything. So, so God wants things to be done decently. And in order in our lives. So first things have got to be first things. And our first things in our own flesh and in our own way are not always God's first thing. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so much higher are His ways and His thoughts than our thoughts. That's why we have to be reprogrammed. That's why we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind um, in the Word of God so that we learn to think like God. We know how to put our lives in order. That's why firm foundation is so important. If you haven't joined firm foundation, that's on Sunday mornings at 9.30 right over here. You don't have to sign up. Just show up. Amen. Punch your neighbor with the elbow and say, you just need to show up. Show up. And I'm telling you, if you give me just 90 days, if you go through firm foundation and you come to church consistently for 90 days and begin to apply the principles that you learn, you will not recognize yourself after 90 days. Because you begin to put things in order. Ah, you have those aha moments. Oh, I'm doing this wrong. Mm -hmm. So you begin to order your life and put things in order where they belong. God's got to be first. He's got to be first. I want him more than I want anything else. I don't want to do anything that would grieve him. Amen. Anything that would cause his presence and his spirit to lead my life. I want him with me. Yeah. I want him in me. I want yeah. him leading me. I want him guiding me. Yeah. He's got to be first. first. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So we're in this year of tremendous fruitfulness. And so let's just quickly talk about fruitfulness because that's what we're, the backdrop of this entire year will be bearing fruit. Yes. That, we're, that we're coming into a season where we're, we're, we're maturing and growing. And we're not just... All focused on using our faith, which is important. And we've got a heavy emphasis on that for the last three years. But we've got to go up in another level, in another way first, in fruitfulness. God wants us to mature. We've got to mature. We've got to be mature so that God can really use us. Amen? Amen? All right. Tremendous fruitfulness. Number one, I'm a spirit created by God and placed here on purpose to bear fruit. So you were a spirit before you were ever in a body. Mm. Come on, Pastor. That's good, Pastor. God told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Come on. And I ordained you. I called you to be a prophet to the nations. Before you were ever in your mother's womb, I had a talk with you. I told you who you would be. Amen. So we don't remember it, but there's a call and there's a purpose. And there's a reason yes. that he put you here on the inside. And our job here at Acceleration Church is to help you find it. Yes. Find out what it is. What is that reason? What is that purpose? So you can get directed in the way you're supposed to be going. Amen? Amen. So John 15, 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Yes, Lord. Yes. And appointed, scheduled, put you in the world that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Psalm 139, 15 through 16. This is so precious. In the message translation, this is David talking to God. He said, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. 
No, the ones I've broken and the ones I've had. <laughs> you know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life, all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Sorry. All the days of our lives, they were prepared and written out before we were ever born. Yes. Hallelujah. So there's specific fruit God wants you to bear. He put it in you. We got to cultivate it. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 10, 5, it says, but a body you have prepared for me. Wow. Have you ever thought about that? I was a spirit that he prepared a body for and put me here for a specific time. He put me in time. He put me geographically where he wanted me. So every part about me is like he wanted me to be. And yet broken parts and all. Yes. He put you back together and turned you into something he can use. Yes. Oh, come on. I went down to the potter's house. Ah, and there yes. he was, making something at the wheel. And the, and the, 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 the vessel that he had was marred in the Mar, hand of, of, the, of the potter. But he began to work it into yes. a new vessel. Yes. Turned it into something brand new. So yes. God can take the broken bits. He can take the messed up bits. Yes. And he can turn it into something that's useful for come him. Yes. Even this messed up accident I had. God planned the whole thing. A little bit North Carolina, a little bit Louisiana, a little bit Texas. You got a mess on your hands. People say, Where are you from? I'm like, I know it's messed up. I know it is. I know it is. Louisiana, North Carolina? North Carolina. You don't say North Carolina. You say North Carolina. North Carolina. That's where you're South Carolina. It's the same thing. You don't pronounce it. Amen. But it's no accident. It's all for a purpose. There are no accidents in this room. Amen. Turn and tell your neighbor, say, you are no accident. You're no accident. God plans you. God plans you. He put you here. You're part of this intricate plan. You know what? Sometimes from our side, it doesn't make a lot of sense. God, why do you have this part right here? I don't understand. God's that person taken from my life. God, I don't get it. Why did I lose that job? Why is that child doing exactly the wrong thing? Why? God, this doesn't make sense to me. From our side, it's like a tapestry. You ever seen somebody make a tapestry or an embroidery? From the back side, it makes no sense. Come on, Pastor. When you look at the other side, it makes perfect sense. You just gotta trust that God, from your side, this makes sense. From your side, this is gonna work together for my good. I don't understand it, I don't like it. But from somehow, Lord God, you know exactly what's up and you know what's going on in all things. But work together for my good. Because I'm called according to your purpose and I love you and I trust you, God. Though he's slain. Yes. Come on. I praise him. Hallelujah. So we're purposed for a generation to bear God fruit. You know, I began to study um, yesterday on the different generations. Before 1944, they were called the traditionalists or the silent generation. I don't, know why, I don't know why they would be called the silent generation. I'm going to study more into that. But that's before 1944. Anybody in here before 1944? Nobody wants to raise their hand and say they were born before 1944. One, two, two people. We have two traditionalists in here. We'll find out as we go what those mean. And then the baby boomers from 1944 to 1964. 
God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday. Somebody please put a circle around all. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. So there's a grace that comes on your life. Number one, there's a grace that comes on our lives when we focus on and adapt to God's way of doing things. There's a grace that comes on our life. Bless you. A grace that comes on our life when we get things in order and we put God first. First things first. There's a grace that comes on our life. What is grace, Pastor Sally? It's the favor of God. It's the power of God. It's the ability of God. The strength of God. It's, it, it's the grace of God comes upon you. It's many and it's very. It's um, like the manifold grace of God. It's right what you need, where you need it, when you need it to be there. Yeah. Hallelujah. It comes on your life. But it's when we seek first the kingdom. So when we seek his way first, number two, the first and greatest commandment is love. He let us know, we talked a little bit about it last week, that love is the greatest thing that we can aspire to live in. Testing Jesus, one of the scribes stood up and they said, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus. They were testing Jesus. This was a lawyer. Stood up, tested Jesus. Jesus didn't get nervous. How many of you know Jesus didn't get nervous? Jesus said, okay. Mark 12, 30 through 31. He said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And Matthew um, 22, 40 says, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. See, the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament when Jesus was talking. But the Old Testament, that's the law of God and the the, um, prophets of God. Those those books were what they had, what they held on to. They only had the Old Testament. So he says, everything written in them, you can... Don't throw away the rest, but you could. Throw away the rest because it all hangs. It's like a peg. It's like a hook that you can hang everything else on. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love others like you love yourself. Yes. Amen. Amen. In that order, God first. Love others and love yourself. You really can't love others unless you love yourself. Hallelujah. So you got to love yourself. That's why that's why self-care recovery is so important. Yes. You got to learn how to love yourself. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. So they're like pegs or hooks you can hang everything else on. So, so this man thought he'd trick Jesus even further. He said, okay, love my neighbor as myself. He goes, okay, who is my neighbor? Come on. <laughs> Jesus just grinned at him. He said, okay. There was a man who went from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on the way, he fell among thieves who beat the daylights out of him, stripped him naked, and stole all his stuff, and left him half dead on the side of the road. He said, a certain priest saw him and walked by on the other side like he didn't see him. Said, then there was a Levite who did the same thing. Oh, no. Walked the other direction. He said, but there was a certain Samaritan. All right. Who saw the man, had compassion on him, and went over to him, and began to help him. 
so that he washed his wounds. He poured on the oil and the wine, which was alcohol and salve back then. He wrapped up his, his wounds and said that he set him on his own animal, his own donkey. He put him in his own ride. And he took him to the inn or to a hotel. And he took care of him all that day. He stopped everything he was doing to get involved in this man's life. He used his own money. Come on, Pastor. Yes. Paid to put him up in the hotel, washed his wounds. Deeply cared about this person. And then when he got ready to leave the next day, he told the innkeeper, he said, here, here's two denarii, which is two days' worth of pay, which is probably around $150 in today's money. All right, Pastor. Gave him $150 and said, here, whatever else he needs, pay for it with this until I return. He got personally involved in the man's life. Now, why did Jesus say a Jew had fallen and was, and, and had, because he was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, so he was a Jew, but it was a certain Samaritan man. Come on. Because this was a Jew who was questioning in the, in the synagogue. There. Come on, Pastor. So who is my name? Make a play. Jesus said, okay. It was a Samaritan that helped a guy who'd fallen down and was, had been stripped naked and hurt and bleeding and half dead. Why Samaritan? Because Jews hated Samaritans. Come on, Pastor. They had, they had issues with one another because Samaritans were like half-breeds of the day. You see, there was a law among the Jews. You don't mix with any other tribe or any other kind of people than just Jewish people because then you, you, your blood is not pure anymore. So they, from that time on, it happened way back with the Assyrians, years before that, they, that the Samaritans became their, you know, just like, I think they, they came in contact when they had to spin and spin around three times to go the other way. So what was the problem between the two of them? It was religion and politics. Come on, Pastor, make it plain. Yeah. Bring it to today. Yeah. Never could there be a time. It's kind of like, okay, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you'd say, okay, a certain Republican was walking. He saw him went to him. You could say a certain Democrat. Come on, Pastor. That's who your neighbor is. Come on. Yeah. Everybody. That's who your neighbor is, the one you disagree with. Come on. Come on, Pastor. The one you don't necessarily like. Amen. The one you already have a prejudice against. Come on, Pastor. It's hard to kick against the goats. It's hard, isn't it? Wow. So that's who your neighbor is. The ones that may not be lovely. May not be who you think you, you want to love. First Corinthians 13, 13 tells us, Now abide, or live in faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is what? Love. So we got to abide in faith. What is faith? It means to believe. What is hope? Expectation or confidence that what I believe is going to come to pass. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But love, he says the greatest of these is love. Love is agape. The word in the Greek is agape. It means love, affection, benevolence, reaching out to others. It's a love feast. But another one of the definitions is dear love. Dear love. That's not a word we use very much anymore, right? So what is dear? Dear means regarded with deep affection. Cherished, adored, precious, treasured, valued, prized, special, and favored. 
1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Would you want to learn that part? God is love. He loves Democrats and he loves Republicans. <laughs> Independents. And people would just say, I ain't none of them. Everybody feels like just washing their hands of all of it, huh? I'm a Christian. That's what I am. First John 4, 16 through 17. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love. Underline that. That's so powerful. Take up permanent residence in a life of love. We live in God and God lives in us. This way love has the run of the house. Becomes at home and mature in us. Number three. Love is a decision rather than a feeling. What I love about God is that he tells us, he makes it crystal clear exactly what love is and exactly what love isn't. We read this last week, but let's read it again. Because it's a decision. I decide this is what I'm going to do. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's not a goosebump. It's a decision to be mature. Love is a decision to be mature and to rise above pettiness. Yes. To rise above yes. immaturity. Yes. To rise above being childish. It's a decision that we can make. First Corinthians 13 message. So I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. I'm real spiritual. I can speak in tongues and I can even interpret it myself. But have not love. I become sounding brass or a clanging symbol. In other words, I'm just a bunch of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, you'd be something else, wouldn't you? But have not love, I am nothing. And though I restore all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I give it all I have to feed the poor. All, 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 all. I don't even know now how to sandwich for myself. And though I give my body to be burned, that's all I have left. But have not love, it profits me nothing. Love never gets up. Love cares more for others than for self. What? Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't rebel when others grovel. <coughs> and you know that's what I see. You know on TV, people try to just apologize. That's not who wants you to grovel. Anyway, doesn't rebel when others rebel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of the truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. But keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Amplified said love never fails. Never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. So when you want to know how to govern yourself in love, this is it. This is the filter that I live through. Amen? I don't allow pettiness. I don't allow... Ignorance. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Number four. Our love walk can grow cold, so we have to stir it up. Yeah. We can start out on the right foot and start out loving everybody. You know how when we first got saved, I'm going to save the whole world. I love everybody. But it can grow cold. And you know, in the last days, Jesus said because of so much wickedness, he said the love of many would wax cold. You ever seen wax poured out of a candle 
and it quickly grows cold and hard. Mm -hmm. That our love can become like that, cold and hard. In church, love is cold and hard. In worship, lifting our hands, but our hearts are far away from God. In a week, and I've only thought about myself and never about someone else that I could be a blessing to or do something for. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another in order to what? Stir up love and good works. Yes. In order to stir up. Love has to be stirred up like the sugar in the bottom of your tea glass. Yes. Good analogy. It settles to the bottom. That's why they have a long John the Beloved. John the Beloved. He called himself the Beloved. <laughs> so cute. That John called himself the Beloved. The, the disciple that Jesus loved. He had a really good self-esteem. We should all be like that. I'm the disciple Jesus loves. I'm the one that Jesus loves. So, so, so John had a real good self-image. and He knew that Jesus loved him. John the Beloved. He was jailed in Patmos in Greece on an island called Patmos, and God asked him to start writing. I want you to write to the churches. All these churches that, that Paul has been writing to and building up, all these churches that they've started, the new church has, has started all over. Ephesians, Galatians, all of these. I want you to write to them. So the first letter, it, it's kind of like, as he wrote to them, he gave them a report card, and he gave them a challenge. And then he gave them a warning. And then he gave them a, a reward if they can do it. So the first letter is to the Ephesians church, the Ephesian church. He writes this in Revelation 2, 2 through 5. This is not all of it. This is part. He says, I know what you've done, how hard you've worked, and how you've endured. I also know that you can't tolerate wicked people. You've tested those who call themselves apostles but are not apostles. You've discovered that they're liars. There's always going to be wolves among the sheep. Yes. Your spirit will tell you. Yes. Verse 3, you've endured. Underline that. You've endured. Suffered trouble. You've endured and you've suffered trouble because of my name. And you've not grown weary. All right, Pastor. Looks like they're getting a real good report card, right? Mm -hmm. However. However. I have this against you. You left your first love. The love you had at first is gone. Remember how far you've fallen. Return to me and change the way you think and act and do what you did at first. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. We are able to come and go from church, to come in and work hard, and endure without weakening, through all kinds of troubles, be persecuted for his name. And look up and say, who is Jesus? Mm, mm, oh, Lord. Mm. Wow. It's possible to serve, sacrifice, and suffer for my, my name's sake. Mm. Yet really not love Jesus Christ. Because you need, just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. You find yourself going the wrong 
way that it's dark. Some don't feel right. I lost my joy. I lost my peace. I ain't worshiping like I used to. I ain't caring about the word. It's time for a U-turn. Come on. Yes. Come on, Pastor. Can always choose in your terms. Zechariah 1 3. God says, Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. Hi, that's good news, y'all. So, number three, he said, What did he say for you to do? He said, Do the first works. Do what you did at first. So, I'm going to read this to you as I was studying. I ran across this. I'm going to read it to you. He says, What is first love? It's the devotion to Christ that so often characterizes the new believer. Fervent, personal. Uninhibited, excited, and openly displayed. It is the honeymoon love of the husband and wife versus mature married love that has lost its excitement. Somebody say amen or oh me. It's true that mature married love deepens and grows richer. It's also true that it should never lose the excitement and wonder of those honeymoon days. When a husband and wife begin to take each other for granted and life becomes routine, then the marriage is in danger. Because we're designed by God to be passionate. All right. How many of you know God loves passionately? We're made in His image and in His likeness. There's a place in me that's got to love with passion. I've got to love with passion. I've got to be loved with passion. Got to have it. Come on, Pastor. Amen. God says the same thing. I got to have it. Yes. He's after your heart. If you hadn't noticed, God's after your heart. So, the Ephesian believers were so busy maintaining their separation. You know, the Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. They were so busy maintaining their separation that they were neglecting adoration. You can't live for separation and forego adoration. Because he wants to be adored. Like we adored him this morning, we worshiped in his presence, that's what he wants. He wants yeah. you to do that in your car on the way to work. Yeah. He wants you to just lose yourself till you have yes. a pillow on the side of the road. Say, God, yes. yes. Hallelujah. I can't drive. Hallelujah. It's going to take, I'm going to be late. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Yes. Labor is no substitute for love. Neither is purity a substitute for passion. The church must have both if it is to please him. So what are the first works? Number one, reach out to others. I like that. Reach out to others. James 1.27, real religion. The kind that passes muster before God the Father is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight. And guard against corruption from the godless world. So reach out to those who aren't loved. Reach out to those you know don't have anybody who cares about it. Yeah. There's a man who hangs around here. He hangs around a lot next door at the inspection station. His name is Michael. Is Michael here? No. No. But he told me that he's living in the the little hamburger that used to be. There was a little children's thing here in our our, our uh, little green yard that we have on the side here, grassy. We have a yard, y'all, on the side over there. And it used to, this used to be a daycare, and there was like a little hamburger out there that you could crawl in from like four different ways, and the kids would get in a hamburger and play. Well, they gave it to him after, you know, and they gave it to him, the people who were here before. And he rolled it over behind the smoke shop over there in the woods, and he's living in that hamburger. My heart goes out to him. I remember what it's like to be homeless. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, being homeless is not as bad as doing. I know the cares. Come on, Pat. Come on. That's the 
hardest part. That's the part that makes you want to give up. That's the part that makes you want to take your life. It's when you feel like nobody cares. Nobody cares if you live or if you die. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow right there. Because we were created to love and be loved. So I had told him last week, I said, I'll be here. I'll be there on, uh, let's see, Thursday was Valentine's Day. So I said, I'd be here on Wednesday. I told him I'd be here. And I had stuff to do, and I even thought to myself, I even told her. He said, what are you doing? I said, I think I'm going to work from home today. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me, you told Michael you were going to be there. I told him, I said, I'll be here. You look for my car and come over here. Because I, I, I've given him a job to do, to help me with getting the parking lot in good shape. I drive up every day, I'm like, I need somebody, Lord, that I can ask to do this parking lot. Man, I'll tell you, Michael has taken it on like uh, it's a big deal. All right. To have some pride in himself, not just somebody handing him something, but he's earning it. Yes. And it, it just means you can tell he just straightens up. He's super smart. Mm-hmm. I don't know what got him in the position that he's in, but 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 he needed to know I, I was going to keep my word. I told Michael I would be here, and you can easily say to yourself, "Well, it don't matter, Michael. He probably would be drunk anyway, or even know." But I gave him my word. Yes. Come on, Pastor. And if the preacher won't keep her word, come on, God keep his Amen. word. Amen. Yes. See, we're the only God some people are ever going to see. Yes. We're the only Bible they're ever going to read. Yes. Yes. So I keep inviting him to church, and he's like, no, 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 I can't come to church. And the other day, I said, what do I need to wear? So you can wear anything to our church. Anyway. He was considering it. I'm surprised he he's not here today, but I'll get him here. Don't you worry. Amen. I'll get him here. Amen. I see, that's, that's what real love is. Yes. It, 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 it mattered to him. Amen? Amen. And, and keeping our word is, is critical. So reaching out to others, man, I, I felt God. I mean, it, it really caused something to be stirred up in me because I was reaching out to somebody that just needed to know somebody cared. Amen. Somebody cared. Yeah. Give them a few bucks for doing picking up trash in the parking lot for for weeding. Yeah, Yuri is still MVP this week. <laughs> all the witness on the next the next location. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So. The first thing we want to do on, on the U-turn is what? Reach out to others. Yeah. You, you, you're going to get a, a, a joy and a peace and a fulfillment you can't get any other way. Because that's you really being God. Yes. That's really letting God live through you. Yes. Number two, fall passionately in love with his word. Yes. I'm passionate about his word. His word speaks to me like nothing else can. That's the main way God's going to talk to you, by the way. The main way he's going to talk to you is through the B-I-B-L-E, through your Bible. And I just like it when it's covered with leather, paper, and a string. I just like it when it's ink. I just like it. I don't know why, but I just do. I like to read it in the book. I like to underline it. I like to highlight it. Amen. Amen. It's, 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 it's a blessing, but fall passionately in love with his word. Our, our love relationship with him starts with his word. We got saved because we heard the word. Amen. <laughs> We grow in him because we hear the word. He takes us from glory to glory because of the word. The word. He talks to me. Whew. Revelation 3, 4 through 15, 14 through 15 says, These things says the amen, the faithful, the true witness. Look at this. The beginning of the creation of God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. There's nothing that was made outside of the word. He was there. He is the Word. So when you get in the Word, you're getting in Him. Yes. Yeah, he is the Word. Yes. My pastor used to hold his Bible to his chest and said, it's got a heartbeat. Yes. 
4, 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the only thing that can get between your soul and your spirit. See, when you doctor, watch Dr. Phil, your soul gets all happy. Amen? But your spirit is unedified. But the word can get in there like Dr. Phil cannot get in there. Like Oprah, she can't get in there. She can't discern. She cannot get between your, your soul and your spirit. And get in there. Only God can talk to you and lift you up and encourage you and edify you. It's the word. Amen? You need the word. you got to have a love relationship with that word. A time that you set aside. I'm just, this is a time that I'm going to spend reading God's word. You better tell your kids if you knock on this door and ask for some cereal, I'm going to wear you out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in hearing the word. You understand? Thank you very much. You better, here's the milk and here's the cereal. You're spilling your, you're spilling your bowl and don't you, don't you knock on this door. <laughs>
for God to be touching. Amen? Amen. And that's how we, God, God wants us like that with Him. We're passionate. I want to be touching you, God, all the time. I want you to be touching. I want that yeah. every time that we're disconnected. Amen. So we focus on how, how in love we are with God and how in love He is with us. Jeremiah 31 3 says, Yes. Yes. In case anybody was wondering this morning, yes. <laughs> Yes. yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Oh, he loved me enough to draw me out of my mess. He loved me enough to come along when I wasn't even thinking about him. And he said, hey, I'm thinking about you. I got a plan to pull you out of your mess and into a good life. John 17, 23 says that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So the Father loves us the same as he loves Jesus. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. I love you about 95. Amen. right there. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Yes, amen. Ooh, that's good news. That's good news. Say, God, God loves me. Loves Ooh, that's good. All right? First John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. So you just need to meditate. God, you love me first. That's why I love you. You know when you find out somebody likes you? You begin to get that little bit. Well, he's not like I like that too. See, he loved us first. Yeah. He loved us. You find out somebody loved you that much first before you ever even knew there wasn't him? Amen. You meditate on that, and that'll cause you to make that U-turn. Romans 5 but God demonstrates. Underline that. God demonstrates his love. He's a demonstrator of his love. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for me. Galatians 2.20, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Love me. He was thinking about me on that cross. Yes. Me. Me. Thank you, Lord. He gave himself for me. And here's some real good news. No matter whatever I'm going through, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through right now, what you've been through, or what you ever might go through in the future, nothing can separate you from his love. There's nothing that can come and get between me and his love. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I'm persuaded. Paul had been through some stuff. He'd been through some stuff and he was persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory to God. Alright? The fourth thing on your way to making this you turn back to the first things is develop a life of worship. And don't close up your you know she because on the back is the rest of your scriptures. We're almost through. We're almost through. Develop a life of worship. Did y'all hear the worship this morning as we worship? You see how it brought the love and the power and the presence of God in? Come on, you can do that in your car. You can do that at home in your bedroom. You can do that in your kitchen. You can do that in the bathroom at work. You can do it anywhere you get ready to worship God. You can experience the power and presence of God. Amen? It, 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 it comes through worship. Listen to David's worship. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. You can the good thing about the word is you can you can take David's worship and make it your worship. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh God, you are my God. I know you were David's God, but here I stand here today and say you are my God. My flesh.
flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I'm thirsty for you today, God. I want something that only you can satisfy that place in me. And so use, use David's worship. Look through the Psalms and find a worship. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such. He's seeking such yes, praise God. to worship Him. Thank you. That word spirit can be interchanged with heart. Those who worship Him must worship in their heart. Yes. And in truth, in your knowledge of the truth, whatever truth you know about God right now, worship Him for it. Amen. If you have any real true knowledge of God, worship Him for what you know. If you know he's a savior, then Lord, I worship you for saving me. I worship you for filling me with your spirit. I worship you for your word. I worship you because you love me. I worship you because you want to be worshipped. Worship includes my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength, my intellect, what I know about him, my emotions, my heart. I'm deeply appreciative. Hebrews 13, 15, let us continually. Underline that. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what your day looks like. Looks like it might be a day you don't like, a day you don't understand, a day some stuff is going down and you don't get it, God. You made this day, and I will rejoice for this is the day that you have made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. Whatever comes my way, you're going to make it work together for my good. Whatever comes my way, I'm ready to handle it. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ Jesus strengthens me, so I rejoice in this day. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I might be struck down, but I ain't never going to be destroyed. Hallelujah! Psalm 63-3-4 Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. It don't even have to be that big. Amen. Come on, Pastor. Come on. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory. I will lift up my hands in your name. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I want you to see the, the postures of worship. Because with all my strength, I worship him. So yada means to extend the hands. But you know she can. Put your nose sheet down. Put it on the floor. Put it somewhere. Just put it, put it away. Put it away. I want you to just stand up right where you are. Amen. I want you to take on the posture of worship. Because we can come from a denomination where we can do that in my church. Come on, Pastor. See, this came from the Bible. These are the Hebrew words for praise. The Hebrew words for worship. Yada means to extend your hands. Just put your hands out like this. That's worship to God. Yes. It also means to raise the hands. Lift your hands up and just raise your hands. Let's praise God. Go ahead. I know someone's going to give him a halfway praise. Give him an all the way praise. All the way. Come on. Put it all the way up. You know with the football game, he'll jump and act a monkey. But in the church, we want to go. All the way praise. Just get free. Just get free. Just get free. Just wave your hand before 
for you. I lift up holy hands in your sanctuary. Praise God. So that what's that called? Yada. Everybody say yada. Please to lift your hands to surrender or just reaching for him. And then toda. Toda means thank you. It means giving God thanks. Lord, thank you for this breath I'm breathing. Somebody's fighting for a breath right now. Thank you for my heartbeat. Lord, I don't even have to think about it, but my body delivers oxygen everywhere it needs to be delivered. Thank you, God, for my body that works, my hands that move, my eyes that see. Somebody can't see today. Somebody else can't hear. I thank you, Lord, I can hear today. Thank you, Lord, I once was blind, but now I see. I can see in the spirit now because I'm one with you. Hallelujah. Just begin to thank you for what you have. Thank you for this bed I slept in last night. Thank you for this car I drive. Thank you for the gas in this car. Thank you for my feet that they work and I can drive. Thank you Father for these shoes on my feet. Somebody don't have any shoes today. Thank you Father God for these clothes on my body. Somebody is saying I don't have anything to wear. Somebody's putting on something they wish they didn't have to wear because it's all they have. Thank you Father. I had a choice about what I put on and wear today. Thank you Father. Thank, Thank you Father for healing my body. Thank you Father for lifting me up. Thank you Father for this job I have. Thank you, Father. I'm a fruitful vine. Thank you, Father. I'm bearing fruit in my life. It's a thank you. That's a todah. It, it's actually a sacrifice given to God when someone had been delivered from great peril. Oh like disease or the sword. Yes, Father. You've been delivered from something. You know, you've been delivered from something. Yes. Hallelujah. She's talking back there because she's been delivered from cancer. Yes. She knows what it means to be delivered from cancer. Come on, that's what her thank you is all about. Tracy knows what it's to be healed, to be healed from. You name it, and she's probably been delivered and healed from it. So her thank you. Oh, come on. That's a todah. Todah, God. That's a todah to you. I'm thankful. Come on. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. And then there's tequila. Not to be confused with tequila. But tequila, it means to sing praises unto God. It means to sing to him. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Maybe you're not a singer. Maybe people told you, you know, don't quit your day job or whatever. God loves to hear your voice sing to you. So lift up your voice and just begin to sing in the spirit right now. Just begin to say, I love you, Lord. With all my heart and soul and mind and strength, I love you. You're so awesome, Jesus. I bless you today. I thank you for loving me, Lord. I love you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, you can sing a scripture. Just sing to him. Sing a song. Don't worry about how it sounds. If it's bad, sing loud. Yes, hallelujah. God loves it. Yes. Don't you love when your children sing? Yes. And here's Barak. Barak. Barak means to kneel or bow and bless God. Like just bend over and just, just bow before yes, God. Father, Lord, I bow. Yes. We don't bow in this country. Oh, but it means I yield to you, Lord God. Yes. I yield to you. I bow to you. Well, that's the posture of worship. Just bow right where you are. Just bend over just a little bit and bow. I just bow my knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then halal. Halal means to clamorously boast and celebrate. It's like David worshipped and praised the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. He danced in his underwear. Timothy Timothy is all about that halal. Timothy, get up here, show what a halal looks like. Come on, show what a halal looks like. Halal. It could be Generation Z. 